Time for the Bokecast. So, this might be against my better judgment, but I do need to talk about something. I kind of have to. Um, so, I don't know if you follow politics or not, but there's this um, politician um, who is uh, running the United States of America right now. And he uh, made a comment at a press conference recently about injecting disinfectant. So, obviously, there's the different sides and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not going to say, well, it's obviously very clear what side I'm with. But at the same time, um, I'm not having a go at either side. But I just want to just, uh, just get that out of the way. Don't want a backlash. Um, I just sort of thought, well, just imagine like him saying what he said and then coming off stage and then his people being all like, okay, uh, so why did you just say that? And he he was like, what? What you just said about disinfectant, about injecting uh, disinfectant to like clean the lungs. Um, Oh, I was being sarcastic. Uh, well, it wasn't really that clear that you were being sarcastic. Uh, what were you being sarcastic about? No one was like, it wasn't a really, it wasn't a funny atmosphere. So I don't understand the sarcasm there. Well, it's not my fault you don't understand my sarcasm. Okay, yeah, fine, whatever. We understand that you, you know, were being sarcastic. Um, not everyone believes that you're being sarcastic, though. Some people think you just said that people should inject disinfectant. Well, that's not what I meant, was it? Well, it does seem that way. That's what you said. You said those words and people took that at face value. But it's not my fault they can't understand the inflection of my sarcasm. And could you imagine that sort of conversation going on? And you're thinking, well, hang on, that doesn't... Do you know, it's just... I was just thinking about that and I thought, well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, there's no way around it. You know, it, you know, you can say, oh, anything can be edited in such a way so that... Um, you know, it, it's it can be skewed in any way, shape, or form. That's the 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 way the media has worked for years. But as we've found in the past, that the footage has to exist at some point for it to be a thing. Um, especially because it was live streamed over the internet, and so people were able to get the. That's the way it works, you see. So there's no way of tampering with it because everyone gets exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. So there's people can tell what's fake and what's not. Um, so there's like no way of, you know, saying either way. Um, yeah, well, you know what I mean? So it doesn't really make any, like, it's just, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just denying it now. So, yeah, well, you know. Uh, I was more interested about the idea about in, like putting light inside people. Like, was he planning on, like, making people like a light bulb or like a lampshade like it's just sort of like shove a, a like a threshing tube in their throat and sort of light it on you know just light it and be like there you go you're cured don't do that that's that's a ludicrous thing to say i would never suggest that you should ever uh, swallow a threshing tube and turn it on because that'd just be it'd be foolish and very difficult and there's no way out of it so uh yeah don't do that you know just gonna take a quick sip of tea same rules as yesterday make a cup of tea and as soon as that's as soon as that's gone, um, then I'm gonna stop. That is that is still quite hot. That's fine. It's fine. Do you know I do like this uh, this 
mic stand I've got, but it does make a lot of noise when you sort of just like, look, what's that? What's that? It's just, that's too much. Uh, maybe I just don't put things on the, you know, just I be a bit more careful with my hand placements and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so yesterday I was quite hungry and I fancied something, you know, sweet. So I thought I'd make myself a cake. And I remember hearing ages ago that if you ever want to make like a flavoured cake, you get some Nesquik. And so basically when you make the cake, you substitute the sugar, you take the sugar content out and whatever that was, you put Nesquik in instead. And I thought that's really fascinating that is. So I gave that a go uh, yesterday and um, I've never done it before. Um, There was a a couple of things that was a slight issue with it though. Um, I haven't actually got any Nesquik, which I would say is probably the biggest like issue to have in this entire scenario um but i did actually have like a tub of angel delight now i was surprised as anybody to find out you can actually get like you know you get those gravy granules like this little cardboard like tub that has like a little little plastic lid you can get one of those but it's got angel delight in it it's like what so i can have angel like whenever i want that's amazing so i've got one of those so i thought i'll put the angel delight in in there instead of the nesquik and um so i thought that'd be fine so I did that, and it was really nice. But obviously, um, Angel Delight is a different consistency to Nesquik. Um, obviously, Nesquik is more liquid, and Angel Delight turns into like a foam over time because of whatever's in it um, that reacts. So I was like, okay, fine. So um, yeah, so I had that in there, and it did taste alright. Also, well, actually, it's a, a recipe that I found online. It's basically a microwavable mug cake. It's basically enough for one person, more or less. And basically what it is, I can tell you if you want, uh, it's quite simple. Four tablespoons of uh, self-raising flour, four tablespoons of sugar, which is a lot, uh, two tablespoons of cocoa powder. It was, it was originally for a chocolate cake, so you know, shove that up your nose. Uh, one egg, three tablespoons of milk, three tablespoons of vegetable oil, and then two tablespoons of uh, chocolate chips if you have any, um, whatever. Put that in like in a mug, and I say like the largest mug you've got. Give it a good old, an old a good old stir, yeah. Two minutes in the microwave, comes out. Got a lovely cake. Um, it's actually really good. Um, I did it a little while back, and it was because um, I thought it's a really sort of handy thing to know is that you have to really quickly make a cake if you fancy having one, because uh, obviously fresh cake is better, and obviously it's still hot. It's even better as well. Um, especially when the chocolate chips are still melty. Oh, but um. So the other day is my niece's birthday, and it's like I need to make a cake. And it's like you know, so I thought just quickly, I'll make one of those. It's like ten minutes later, I've got a cake. So I shoved a candle in it, blew out on the webcam, or she did apparently. Uh, don't obviously tell her that. I was sort of like just slightly out of shot, blowing, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's actually quite. It's quite a good little recipe to know actually. I think um, because it's just you know. Some people just really fancy something sweet. In fact, yesterday's one I did. Because I remember I, I said I substituted... Uh, I put Angel Delight in it rather than the sugar um, and the cocoa powder. I also put like a dollop of uh, jam in it. So like it... Because the Angel Delight sort of was quite thick. The, the jam sort of stuck in the middle. So then whenever I sort of plopped out onto my plate, this sort of pink sponge that was like there. And I sort of lastly cut it open. And so this lovely warm jam was like oozing out. Oh my goodness. It was too much. It was too much. That was what. That's what that was. 
It's about to start singing the Spice Girls then. I don't know why. Too much of nothing is not enough. Uh, I don't know the rest of the words of that. Um, but that's probably too many, to be fair. It's quite funny, actually, because I remember when I was at school, um, <laughs> the the, uh, the kids used to make fun of me because I was like older music. And they're like, oh, I bet in about 30 years or whatever, I'll say, yeah, you'll start listening to the Spice Girls. And do you know what? That happened about 20 years ago. And I'll have to say this. That is completely not happening. What a dreadful band they were. Do you know what I mean? In fact, it's actually quite funny because I was watching this TV show the other day, uh, BBC One's uh, Big Night In, and they had um, a band on there, which I don't know what they're called. Um, Little Mix. There we are. I got it. Um, And they were basically this, like the Spice Girls pop, thing going and I was like I didn't know that thing was even still a thing this you know, the pop band obviously they still are um, but I was like wow look at that that's really interesting uh, it didn't occur to me obviously that One Direction is like their version of Take That and you know the fact that I'm now getting old it's, it's actually just it's quite strange because like, there's a whole world I've nothing, no idea about and I quite like the fact I don't um, but yeah that's just uh, it's just really strange when sort of, that sort of dawned on me I was like well look at that um, anyway, uh, waffling on there about that. Um, I actually want to bring, bring back the conversation back to music. I was, I was having a quick chat about music last last time. And um, I was sort of thinking about, um, about B-sides because I always have enjoyed the B-side, as I've said. Um, it's actually quite interesting what the B-side actually is. Um, it actually does serve a couple of purposes. It used to serve a couple of purposes. And I think it serves more purposes or whatever. So... Basically, whenever um, a band would release a song, um, they would have to have you know like a, re- a reason for people to buy it. Say, for example, that a band were going to release uh, we're going to release a song, they would have to. Sorry, I just hit the springs. I just stick it out of my hands quite a bit. Um, so, um, a, a band has to get you to buy their single because uh, they also want to make more money. Um, this is the this is behind this is behind the the curtain. This stuff. This is this is how music is made. Money is made by music. In fact, that's actually the reason why um, the the Beatles did so well was because the person who actually was the manager was a businessman primarily, and he uh, knew how to make the money uh, by how record sales work and like how to make somebody number one. He knew like promotion. He knew everything about it. And that's why they did so well. Um, because obviously what he realised is that they won't buy a song um, if it's... if if They won't buy a song from an album um, so you have to release a song that isn't on the album, which is the single and the B-side is obviously not an album. It could be an album track, but it could be also like a, a song that isn't on the album. So people would, would buy both of them no matter what uh, because they might, they might buy the song, uh, a record with the song they've got on it, possibly. But they also will more likely buy the one that they haven't got anything on. It makes any sense. And um, obviously, that wasn't a, a great way of doing that. Obviously, the Beatles were f- famous for not having songs on albums from singles, so everyone bought because that's the way they did it. Because they were shrewd business people. Well, they obviously didn't get any money for it themselves, but the the people behind the scenes were getting the money. Um. But uh, anyway, is a yeah. Yeah, they obviously were very talented people, but they were surrounded by people who were able to do what they needed them to do. If that makes any sense? Oh yeah, they did. They did all these these songs where they did all this uh, this strange, uh, weird effects. Do you think they they just thought, oh, that's an idea, and I put that as an effect on like a computer? 
no, somebody had to create that sound. So the engineers, uh, the people with the know-how, um, they were they are often overlooked, and it's just a bit ridiculous. Um, obviously, they were guided by them, but you know. Uh, anyway, get off their get off their backs, man. Leave them alone. Oh, have they not been through enough? Uh, probably. Um, but no, but B sides are very interesting because obviously, as the years went on, uh, people tended to um, sort of buy the singles begrudgingly, but there'd be like a B side which would be more interesting or whatever. Um, so that's the reason why. So people used to make more some no some effort, not a lot of effort, but some effort in the B side because that's what they want people to listen to as well. Uh, it's like it makes them want to buy the second thing as well. You see, the uh, the other tracks, and so I hate it when like, la- the lazy people they'll put out stuff like, "Oh, it's a live version of this." It's like that's just lazy. That's just lazy. Um, but it, it can be interesting sometimes if, if it's something historical or it's something specifically specifically interesting about it. Um, but I, actually, do you know what that reminds me? There was uh, the band, the White Stripes. They did a. Um, I think they did a, a, a single called The Denial Twist, and this is why I love the White Stripes. It's just eccentricities like this. Uh, so basically they were recording the same song each day to release as a as a digital download. Um, so basically what would happen is you would go to their show that day and they would give you a, CD, a blank CDR with artwork and all that kind of stuff, and then you download the song from the single from... But then recording it in front of you there, you go home and you download and you put it on the CD and there you are, you've got your, your version of the Denial Twist. It's very sort of uh, conceptual. But they also released them on uh, iTunes as well. And um, so everyone was buying... I got, I'm not joking, because I'm, I'm a massive sheep when it comes to the white stripes. I've got all the different versions of it because they made every single one different. Like, was well, it an acoustic version of it? It's like a... Uh, like Meg White is singing it and all that. Yeah, they do all these different versions of it and it's very interesting as a project um but uh, also so the b-sides also serve another purpose which is to get the artists some money so basically if they record a, like a cover song they don't get i think they get some royalties but not much uh, i think they get the performance royalty but because there's different royalties you've got royalties that go to the singer songwriter oh sorry the, the songwriter uh you've got the musicians uh, the singer and um other stuff like that that's involved and there's you know People like Simon Cowell who will play a tambourine and he'll get royalties. That's true, by the way. He used to get royalties by playing tambourines on things to make a little bit of extra money. That's actually genuinely true. Um, he also, annoyingly, he worked as a runner on The Shining. And I thought that, when I heard that, I was like, well, sorry, Simon Cowell was there with Jack Nicholson with him with the axe. Apparently, he's the person who Jack Nicholson handed the axe to, allegedly. I'm saying allegedly. I thought, well, hang on, that film's like nearly 40 years old. How old is Simon Cowell? Um, I should have no idea. Okay, Google, how old is Simon Cowell? He's 60. Simon Cowell is 60. Blimey, he is old. You wouldn't look at a, you wouldn't think to look at him, though, would you? You know, he looks like a, a like, he looks like a man half his age. Um, had he been punched in the face a few times, uh, <laughs> that was me for no reason. But what's he done? Man, leave it. Just leave your face alone. Stop it. You look like, I don't know, you shouldn't, well, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. But that's what happens, isn't it? Um, it's a it's an illness. People start doing stuff to their faces and stuff like that. And, you know, they can't really see 
themselves as they are um which is you know quite sad um but it's uh yeah it's just yeah as long as they find some degree of happiness after all that is what divides us from the animals we just want to be happy animals just want to be safe we want to be safe and happy um why wouldn't we everyone would want to be safe and happy um but yeah um yeah so b-sides um so if they would record a cover song they'd have to have a a song on the b-side where they'd like get a bit more extra money like get more royalties because often these bands they would have um they'd they'd basically have like a like like songwriters musicians and basically the the singer would get nothing from it and so they get the artist to write something or whatever or work on something more closely with someone to get a bit more money um that's why you got like the likes of Mel B and uh, uh, Mel C. I think no, Mel C was the one who sort of did all the, the good stuff. She was the best Spice Girl. Let's not mess around. She's the John Lennon of the Spice Girls. Paul McCartney of the Spice Girls is probably, um, well, none of them really, because uh, that's, that's a ludicrous thing to say. Because um, <laughs> Paul McCartney is a bit, you know, he's he's a he's a very talented chap. Although, what differentiates him between John Lennon? And uh, the like is that he would rhyme moon with spoon. Um, but yeah. So famously, I'll get back to this B-side story in a second, I'll tell you. Uh, they basically record, record a song that they've composed on the B-side. But what happened famously with Soft Cell, which I mentioned, uh, the B-side is a, a cover of Baby, Baby, Where Did Our Love Go? It's a B-side. It's a, it's a cover. Um, but also Tainted Love is also a cover so they, their most famous song they got literally nothing for it um, after all said and done like they got like because it was cut up so finely between everybody else um, that it was yeah it was not much in the end um, but that's what happened which is why you had people like uh, Stock Aitken and Waterman who were basically just churning out these musicians because they were like, we know the production know-how, we know what sells. We're just basically going to start, you know, we'll just bring in the, the musicians, we'll just bring in the, the pop star singers and they'll be like, you know, they'll they'll do all that, we'll have our distinct sound and all that kind of stuff and it'll be amazing. It was the Music Factory, it's actually what it was called. And um, it's weird how he became, because Pete Waterman, who used to obviously, Waterman, Stock Aitken and Waterman, uh, he uh, was like a well, early on during the talent shows. He was actually quite early on as one of the judges, but I think it's because Simon Cowell's record company or production company, whatever you want to call it, um, had more money or whatever to you know be on the TV rather than them. Because there's all this, all these different things and stuff like that about how um, you know what. Because obviously the, the the money's being made because obviously what, at the end of the show I need to drink some water my throat is so dry hold on <coughs> sorry about that um, I couldn't get the lid off um, so basically at the end of these TV shows where they have these uh, artists or groups or whatever you want when they're all said and done. Uh, they've then got a, a product they can sell to people because they've already they've had a basic advert for the last however many weeks on TV. It's like look at this band being formed and all that kind of stuff, you know. Um, 
and that's why everyone doesn't like the X Factor because it just it just took the fun out of everything, you know. Same with them; um, it, it took the fun out of Christmas number ones as well because that was like a it used to be like a really cool thing. Like, oh, Christmas number one, who's going to be Christmas number one? It's, it used to be exciting because there really wasn't much else to do. Um, it's like, oh, you know, it's be quite exciting because then basically all the bands would get their A game out. It's like, right, we need to get to number one, right? That's what we need to do, and that's what it'd be like. But now it's all like, oh, which advert is going to win? Um, oh yeah, we're going to have it's either going to be X Factor, which obviously is uh, is one of the one of the factors. Uh, you then got uh, the different um, t- uh, the, the different supermarkets. So you like super like you got Sainsbury's, you got Tesco and Asda. All their song, all their adverts, their big production value adverts, and they all have a, a song that goes with it. And will that get to number one for Christmas? And uh, all that kind of stuff. It just ruined it because, um, you know, uh, there's not been a good Christmas song for so many years now. I think the most recent one I can remember that was remotely Christmassy, as in like this is special, uh, was The Darkness's uh, Christmas song. And that was called uh, Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End. Which I went out and I bought... Um, and I, I bought two copies of it because they were very savvy because they had CD1 and CD2. And, to, you know, to buy CD2, there was like a special thing on there. I think it was like a, the, the, the music video or something like that because back then um, it wasn't really, you know, the internet wasn't really something that was that widespread. You couldn't just watch a video online. You had to buy the CD singles to watch the video. True story. And I used to love that, actually. Used to go out and buy a single, and they used to have like the CD-ROM extras, and um, used to be, like, like put it in your in your in your laptop, and you'd be like, yeah, or your computer actually, and look at all this cool stuff on here. It's all these cool videos and like wallpapers, and it's like I used to love all that. In fact, that reminds me, there used to be this thing. Okay, so the Gorillas, I, I uh, I've mentioned the Gorillas a couple of times, but they did this CD-ROM. This is what was so good about the Gorillas back in the day. Because they didn't have all this internet stuff, and so it's like you'd buy the, the album, and you'd put in your CD in your CD-ROM, and they'd be like, "It's a special part of the Gorillas website." Because the Gorillas website was insane; like it was like a got you had to like explore their their studio, as it were, Kong Studios. It's like a click and like a click a click game, a game where you have to sort of click around and solve things and do puzzles, and you get like all this content and there was all this crazy stuff going on in it. And uh, you can get the keys to Murdoch's Winnebago if you have the uh, the, the CD-ROM. And I had the CD-ROM. I was like, yeah, I got to get a Murdoch's um, Murdoch's Winnebago. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, but yeah, that, that, that is, that's quite interesting that that doesn't really exist anymore. That, in, that entire species of content doesn't exist. It's now all about, oh, look at me on Instagram. Oh, look at me on Twitter. Oh, look at me on Facebook. Oh, look at me on, I don't know, Plurk. Is, that, is, Plurk, is Plurk a thing? That does seem familiar. Um, yes, yeah, so I used to use Plurk. That is, it's not a very, it's not a very popular one, uh, but I still like that. Also, Mastodon. I like Mastodon as a as a social network, but it's not really a social network. It's a bunch of social networks, which is really interesting. But it will never be a thing, unfortunately. Maybe it will do in the future. We don't know. Um, the social network for the people who don't want to be on the internet. It's quite interesting. Um, but <laughs> I can explain it if you want, but it's not really that interesting. I might explain it at some other point. But um, but yeah, I've been going through this um, 
uh, wasn't so this this list of records that or albums that I, I love listening to because the you know I said about the um, the memories. I just on purpose, by the way. Memories. I like mispronouncing words. Memories is one of my favourites. Memory. That's memories. Um. Yeah, and it's just it's just weird because I'm, I, I was looking through them. Thought, well, I actually got most of these on on vinyl, but there's some I haven't actually got. I've I've got a compact disc version of Smash by Offspring. I've got um, that Best of Bowie I don't actually own, but I've got all the songs on on vinyl, but that doesn't really count. I've got the Hour of Bewilderbeast on vinyl, which is annoying. Uh, I haven't got Surfs Up by the Beach Boys, which as did I mention? I think I mentioned that. Did I mention that? No, I, don't, I think I mentioned it to my brother. I think. It was in voicemails, you see. Um, I haven't got Gorillas. I haven't got the rest of the Cure or the REMs. But oh, oh yeah, yeah. So you know, I've got. There's quite a few I need to get. So basically, whenever it comes, well, music for me personally, when it comes to collecting, um, specifically, is my, my criteria is is that I want to have a collection of records that I can literally go like, right, I want to listen to this album, and I've got it. That's the collection. Um, so basically, that can be a t- that can be a time I can go through them. Like, well, I don't actually listen to that album. I don't listen to that one. That can be got rid of, and all that. Kind of- in fact, I did that a few years ago, and I regretted it. Because um, like, oh man, I'd love to listen to that that song right now by that by that person, but I couldn't. By some some sheer fate, I managed to get it back. So um, I got I got another copy of it. In fact, I've actually got a couple of copies of a couple of albums, actually. There's a times when I have, like, multiple copies of albums. I don't know how it happens. Oh, special editions, you see, that's how it works. That's how they get inside your brain. It's like, oh, you've, we've got a special edition of what you bought. Oh, really? Okay, fine, I'll get that then. <laughs> I'll get rid of the one I've already bought, and I'll buy another one. Um, Just by someone signing it, I'll buy another copy. Uh, but you should just gift the other copy I've got. I've, I've got a, a second copy of this album that is... It was of the time... And it's a moment like a time of my life, and um, but that time is gone, and I'm thinking, well, do I really need two copies of that? Do I need one copy of it? Let's be honest, um, probably not. But then you know, it's just nice to have those little moments because you know there are some we all we all have these little moments where we obsess about something for ages. I mean, it's so easy to do that, but then you move on. That's what happens, and that's what's so good. I always say to you know, I used to say that whenever I would feel that happening, I'd be like, "Well, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace it as much as I can. I'm going to hug it. I'm going to say, like, right, I know this isn't going to last. It doesn't matter. I'm going to embrace it with everything I've got, and it's going to bring me that moment of happiness. And at some point, it'll be pushed to the side, and it's fine. And that's what is good about being a human. Um, the the ability to do that. Um, you know, just to to be able to realize that your own mental condition is well you know your own mental condition completely like um yeah yeah i just got a bit deep there didn't it do you know, i've been thinking about reading some philosophy books because you you would have thought that at this time i've actually had i would have been reading more books but i haven't i've just been playing animal crossing all the time which isn't good obviously no it is good i mean i enjoy playing animal crossing because i'm able to fish walk about talk to animals uh, catch some bugs watch a dog play the guitar you know all this kind of stuff i can't do that in the, at the moment with stuff going on uh but i haven't read any books but i still about reading some philosophy books um but i just haven't got around to doing it it's just not it's just never in the mood for it because i don't really want to sort of get deep into some sort of weird um existential 
hole where I'm like, okay, fine. So I can't go outside to walk and mull this over. You have now got to try and work out where my actual mind actually is. Like the where, when I say I, what, where is it? What I say, my brain, my body, my, my, my you know, my my soul, if you want. But that is implying possession. What is it that owns those? What is that thing that owns all the bits that you say is you? And it's like, what? Calm down. You know, I don't want that to happen while I'm sort of in the middle of lockdown. So I'd rather just be all like, oh, I was going to talk to, to my favorite pig. His name is Rasher. And he's grumpy and likes to gossip about other villagers. But do you know what? It's fine because he's sassy with it and he's completely self-aware of it. He's fully understanding of what's going on. Uh, much like actual pigs who wear rugby shirts and catch fish and bugs and occasionally goes visits museums that I populate on a daily basis with different insects and bugs and now paintings and fossils. Because it's really weird because I keep finding fossils every day. Every day there's like four new fossils up here. But I thought fossils, there obviously there are a, like a finite amount of how many fossils there are in the ground uh, at the minute, like the, what we've got under the ground is what we've got under the ground. That's it. So um, I don't know how these these uh, these four new ones appear every day. Explain that to me. And how it's like a head of something, or it's a tail, or it's a, the body, uh, which somehow managed to pull out with just one sort of dig of the spade, and then la di da. Yeah, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. But then I could also be thinking about. You know, I could be contemplating the how long the universe has been around and how long it's going to last and you know it's 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 all about framing where you know where you want to put your head at that at that time and i don't know i've read these books before and uh you know they often do say that it's best to read books more than once but eh. I, I am tempted i've got the i keep getting books out and i keep putting them on the side i might have, i might have to dig out the meditations of marcus aurelius because that might be pretty good to read actually it's about stoicism which is basically the idea that um, life is terrible um, and it will pass so don't worry which probably is a good thing to read because um, obviously the English folk are very known to be stoic the stiff upper lip that's us you know so that's what that was more or less stoicism comes from uh, being a stoic um, uh, which is that philosophy which is actually ancient Greece I've got lots of books about stoicism which I've never read do you know what I should probably start doing that in fact do you know what I'm going to finish this cup of tea which, you know, and then I'm going to play a little bit of Animal Crossing, then I'm going to cook my tea, I'm going to watch a bit of telly, then I'm going to go to bed, then I'm going to forget about reading. So, uh, yeah, um, I'll catch you on again soon. Um, don't know when, but it will be soon at some point. So uh, catch you then. <laughs>